Hello, and welcome to Voices from the Village, a podcast from the Wyoming Early Childhood Professional Learning Collaborative. We know it takes a village to raise a child, and Wyoming Early Childhood Educators, as an essential part of that village, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Nikki Baldwin, and today I'm so excited to introduce three Wyoming Early Childhood Educators that have embarked on a journey to transform their learning environments. We will be discussing my recent interview with Dr. Julie Bullard, and they will share a bit about themselves and their journeys with us. My guests today are Mackenzie Samuelson, Amanda Schmidtberger, and Carmelita Colby. Welcome, ladies. Hello, Nikki. So glad that you're here with us. Would you, um, let's start off right now, just uh, getting to know you a little bit better. Why don't you tell us and uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself? Carm, do you wanna get us started? Hi, my name's Carmelita Colby, and I am the director at Just for Kids in Gillette, Wyoming. And I've been director there for eight years now. When I took over, I was just kind of thrown into the position with no real training. Um, I've struggled along throughout lots of bumps, bruises, ups and downs. Two years ago before I met my regional facilitator, well, excuse me, a year and a half ago before I met my regional facilitator, Kara, I was ready to give up, throw in the towel and walk away. After I met Kara, she showed me that there's people out there that care, that people that want to help us on our journey to help the children, to help the parents as a village. And so I'm excited to be here tonight to discuss how to change the environments to help the children learn better and not have as many bumps throughout the journey. Thanks a lot, Carm. I'm so glad you've had a positive experience with the Professional Learning Collaborative. That's amazing to hear. Uh, Mackenzie. Hi, so my name is Mackenzie Samuelson and I'm the owner and director of a in-home child care called Where the Child Things Are here in Riverton, Wyoming. I've been doing this for about five years, but my journey started back in high school when I started babysitting my teachers, kids, and around my little village. And then I decided to move across the country and become a live-in nanny. So from here, that sparked my journey to raise my own kids when I had kids. So I really started this so that I could stay at home with my own kids. But I went to college and got a degree in early childhood education, and it's just truly my passion. I feel like it's where God has put me, and I've really loved every minute of it. So I started with home daycare, and I really was worried that it wouldn't be enough. I wouldn't feel like enough. I, everyone would view me as a babysitter. My degree wouldn't mean anything. I really had this worry that it wouldn't be enough and come to find out it's more than enough. I feel so fulfilled personally, emotionally, as a parent. Uh, there are aspects of being a child care provider that I didn't think about. I counsel and facilitate families and help them to be better parents. I help these kids really learn and grow and be ready for preschool it's just so much more than I thought it was going to be. And so I'm loving it and I'm continuing on. Thanks a lot, Mackenzie. It's, it's amazing when you find your passion, right? And you know, you're doing the thing that you're meant to be doing. Yes. Thank you for sharing that with us. How about Amanda? Well, I don't know how to follow up on that. <laughs> 
but um, my name is Amanda Schmidtberger, and I have been doing childcare as the owner and director of Windsor Castle Childcare for six, coming on six years, and have been in child the field of childcare for ten years now. I started doing this when my when I had my daughter, and childcare was not something that I thought I was going to want to do forever. It wasn't something that I thought I was even going to like. It was definitely, I was 19 and needed a job and I was told I could work with my child. So I went for it and I fell in love with it. It was, I mean, I'm still here and now I own my own preschool center and infant toddler center. So I, I, I took it with, with strides and have really enjoyed my journey through childcare. It was a huge struggle for me when I first started as the owner, but we had an amazing licensor. We had an amazing uh, preschool liaison at the time, and they helped me through the struggles of not really understanding what I was doing. And now we have Tyler and we're working through environments and how I can better the environment of our own center to make these children learn without even realizing they're learning. And I've absolutely loved what we're doing and the way my my staff have approached it and been so gung-ho for like, yes, this is awesome. This is going to be so good for them. I can just see the relaxation in them that, uh, that that's what I strive for. And so we're really looking forward to keeping, keeping on this journey of bettering our environment. Thanks, Amanda. And that is why we're here together uh, for this interview is to just talk about specifically about the environments that we create for young children, the learning spaces that we create and your journeys in thinking about those learning spaces. And I just completed uh, our season two, episode one interview with Dr. Julie Bullard. And she wrote this amazing book called Creating Environments for Learning. And we use it a lot at the Professional Learning Collaborative, and I use it a lot in the classes I teach at the University of Wyoming, because it's such a practical, great tool to help us rethink what we do in our learning environments. So we're going to be talking about the book a little bit, and we're going to be talking about that interview. But for our listeners, I wanted to have each of you share what, what big ideas about learning environments have inspired your work? What made you think you wanted to make a change? When I started learning about environments when I did an echo session with Julie. The loose parts, like learning about loose parts has really intrigued me. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it for a long time and I'm still on that journey of understanding what loose parts are, Mm -hmm. but I'm loving it. We just, we throw in whatever we want really Mm -hmm. just like I bought a bag of old corks and the kids use them as dolls and they build with them and they cook with them they pretend they're steaks and it's just been amazing so the loose parts for me and like having an open environment because when I first started childcare, we had walls everywhere and like our centers are divided and there was no like you couldn't flow from one center to the next and so that's really been 
something that I've been very interested in is how to keep an open flowing environment, but still have those specific centers. So that's kind of what I've been really intrigued about this whole environment journey. Thanks, Amanda. And I'm glad you brought up the echo sessions just for our listeners. So, you know, um, Julie Bullard did a series of echo sessions for us and you can access those on YO Learn and your professional learning facilitator can help you find those. So thanks for calling that out, Amanda. So I would say my environment has changed dramatically over the past year. I actually wrote and received um, the Infant and Toddler Early Care and Education Grant this last year. And when I started my daycare, I started as, well, I'm married, but no children. So I was gifted a lot of toys and things through our community and through parents. And a lot of those toys had been used and were broken, but we managed. And our local Head Start actually gifted me their playground. And our community was very gracious. But over time, these plastic toys and these gifted items were just getting worn down. This last spring, I applied for the Infant and Toddler Early Care and Education Grant, and I received that. And with the help of my facilitator, Jen, we really worked with what I envisioned for a good environment for the infants and toddlers in my program. So I used this grant to recreate our playground space. I worked with natural pieces such as the logs we cut down from the trees and our water feature. I really wanted the kids to be able to utilize and appreciate Wyoming and nature. So we did a sensory path. We brought in the good pieces of Wyoming. And inside my environment has really evolved from plastic toys to open-ended toys such as blocks and different things that the kids are never bored with. They're constantly creating. It's really sparked just a curiosity in all of them, even the younger kids. So for me, my environment has dramatically changed and my facilitator has really sparked interest in environment for me. How about you, Carm? Well, I have to agree with Mackenzie. I received one of the infant toddler grants also. We uh, just had broken toys that had been donated, given to us. You only could do one thing with them. You couldn't use your imagination. And so Kara and I wrote the grant, or I wrote the grant. Kara helped me, of course, and I was awarded it. It was I bawled the night I was awarded it. And I sat for three months trying to figure out what was the best things for the children. And I went along with tons of open-ended pieces and parts, loose parts, and it has created such a harmonious, harmonious environment. The kids don't fight anymore. They have plenty of things to build with, to use their imagination. And now I just want to go farther and create an even better environment. Before I received the grant, I was divided off with play pens to kind of make my rooms. And I was able to buy shelving with my grant to kind of make our rooms, our infant, toddler, and then our preschool room. Now I just want to make even more centers for the preschoolers. It seems like the infants and toddlers are doing great, but I need to get those preschool kids up a little bit higher. And I'm tired of being the teacher that All we do is paperwork. All we do is circle time. They need to play while they're learning. And so we're going to go to a play-based environment now. 
That's amazing. Thanks, Carm. And I can't and um, I can't wait for you all to hear in Julie's interview. She talks a lot about how important environments are, specifically because we value play as the as children's tool for learning. So, so glad um, that you guys had this experience. And I, I find this all so inspiring. And I just was going to ask you to tell us a little bit more about what difference you think this has made. What what have the results been of your attempts to change up your environment? Amanda, do you have any thoughts about that? It has made a tremendous difference in our environment and in our center. And I can see it in the kids. I can see it in my staff. I can see it in myself that we we weren't play-based like uh, you were you were saying. We were a lot like paperwork and we need to do this, this, and this by these specific times. And if we're not doing circle time by 9 a.m. sharp, our day is just off. And I really, that's how I learned how to do it. But once I started learning about this environment pathway and how we can work with the kids instead of against the kids really is what it was becoming. It was becoming an against the kids kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I took a step back and I said, we're done. We're done doing that. We're going to go with the flow. We're going to have these kids guide their own learning. We incorporated an open, open room. We incorporated loose parts, open-ended materials. Our themes still change, but the materials are able to flow with what we're learning. I've noticed that kids get along better. We haven't had so many fights, especially with those rowdy boys. They're, they're getting along, they're problem solving together, they're building, they're making patterns out of the materials that I didn't even know they knew how to make patterns. They're <laughs> counting out the beads for syllables of words. They are using their imaginations to learn and I'm seeing my staff just be more relaxed, more going with the flow. They work together. They come together and problem solve better now that it's not such a stressful environment. So I've just, I've really seen complete strides in our center. And I've noticed that the parents even come in and they're like, oh, wow look at what's going on here. Like, mm -hmm. and they feel more comfortable and it just has completely changed us. I think like 180, we were going in a totally different direction that I didn't want to go in anymore and learning about environments and how you really have to work with the children and let them guide us on how to learn and how they want to learn. And it's, it's been an incredible journey so far. I appreciate that. I really, I'm really pro child-led play-based. I think that we as a society get so caught up that they need to be ready for kindergarten. They need to know all of these letters. They need to know these numbers. And although I see the benefit in that, I think that our job as early childhood education educators, our job as early childhood educators is to really support them mentally, emotionally, and help them get ready for the real world in those categories. I think that we as a society are falling short when it comes to our kids, our toddlers, our infants' emotions and their just stability in relationships. And I think that with a child-led program, play-based, I think they really learn so much more. Mm -hmm. 
I have to agree with that too. If the kids don't enjoy what they're learning, they're not going to learn at all. And I know when, like when I went to school, yeah, I'm not going to say how many years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you went to kindergarten, that's when you learned how to play, how to get along. You didn't have all these standards and all this stuff breathing down your neck that you had to already know. You had to know how to read, you know, and I think we need to get back to that, that we're putting too much pressure on our young kids, our infants, our toddlers, and we need to get back to the basics. Let them, since we've started using emotions, having our emotions shown and the kids' emotions shown, it's made a huge change in our, day, or our facility too, because they aren't, there's not the fits, the meltdowns, everything like that. The children are able to express themselves and tell us what they need, what they want. You know, as I'm listening to you three, you just inspire me. And I, I just see what you're doing isn't just teaching children, you're advocates for children, right? There's some things that you recognize and know that they need. And you have this really powerful voice to communicate to people what, what children really need. And so I just hope that listeners, that you can just see that there's so much you can do to advocate your voices matter. You're the experts. You're the people that we need to be listening to about what children need. So thank you. Just thank you for your passion and for sharing that. Um, I wanted to, oh, did you have a comment, Mackenzie? I was just going to say to follow up with um, changing my environment and the changes that I've seen with my kids, um, I would say behavior is a big pro that I have seen. I think that with, um, I really was intentional with my funds and I switched from kind of toy box storage to open storage with baskets and things. And I think that it's really helped the children have responsibility and just know where everything goes, know that it has a place in a home. And they really, I am a big advocate for mixed age group because the littles really teach or really learn from the bigs and the bigs are really, they take pride in what they've taught the littles. And I've seen that so much with my new storage system. I wanted to have you guys respond to part of the interview with Julie. So I'm going to play a clip and then I'm excited to hear what you all, what you all think about Julie's words. So in this clip, Julie and I are talking about um, important things to consider when you're thinking about changing your environment. And this piece is about you all as educators. So take a listen and then you can share your thoughts. Well, beyond that, it might be thinking about as a teacher, thinking about what are things I love? Like for me, like one of the things I love, I love to drink tea. I, I'm a huge <laughs> tea drinker. Uh -huh. So if you were to come into my house and see that um, above the kitchen um, cupboards, I have I have a collection of teapots, you know, mm -hmm. and I have quotes about tea. And you know, you, mm -hmm. it would be obvious to you if you walked into my house that oh, she loves tea. <laughs> so. Um, so as a teacher, it's not that I'm gonna I'm gonna um, probably give children tea every day, and <laughs> <laughs> right? But but one of the things that I would make sure that was available in the dramatic play area would be a teapot because it's mm -hmm. something I would want to share, you know? Yeah. And I love plants, so mm -hmm. as a teacher, if you walked into my room you would see plants because I love plants and that's something I would want to share with the children would be mm -hmm. my love of plants. So I think 
when you're a teacher, you should be thinking about what are your loves too that, that you want to share. And that would be obvious in your room. We spend mm-hmm. hours every day in this space. We should right. bring ourselves to the space. And right. um, and that's where and that builds these really deep relationships when we're mm-hmm. willing to share those things that matter to us and to recognize those things that matter to our families and the kids mm-hmm. in the space. Yep, I love that. So this this idea that she shared about how um, as an early childhood educator, you want to bring yourself into your space. What are your thoughts about that? I love that. And I haven't thought of that before, but I think that I naturally did that in my space. So um, I have chickens at they're at my mom's house, but my kids and I love my mom's chickens. And so I incorporated a little chicken coop in our playroom. My program is home-based. And so I actually thought the other way, and I really wanted to let the children know that although this is my home, they're welcome here. So it was really important to me to put family pictures of their families in my home. So in our entrance, we have the family wall and everyone has their family picture on the wall and they talk about it almost daily. Um, But I feel that they really appreciate that and they respect that and they feel respected and welcome in my home. And I also think I was talking to a local provider here and she doesn't have children size furniture and her thought process is that she wants the children to adapt And although I see that and I appreciate that, I feel the opposite and I have child-sized chairs and a child-sized table because I want them to feel confident and comfortable in their space with items that fit them. You have any thoughts, Amanda or Carm, about that? Well, the kids want to know about us too. We, We want to get, we always are wanting to get to know the kids so that we can serve them better. But you always have kids, the kids asking you, what do you like, Miss Carm? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? So if we incorporate things that are dear to us, then they're going to help understand us better too. Absolutely. I think initially it's um, kind of scary to bring yourself and your personal, personal likes and enjoyments into your work, your workplace or your center. Um, So I think at first I was kind of terrified to even like be very personal. I have learned that they, our relationships are so much better once we have started to get to know each other more. At first it's extremely scary to bring your personal self into the workplace or into your center it's hard to uncross those lines that you've learned that there's personal life and there's work life. There's personal life and there's work life. Mm -hmm. But once you have let let go of all those stigmas really um, and let the kids really know who you are and what you enjoy and get down on the floor and show them pictures of you and your family out gallivanting in the town they really do open up and they get a connect like, oh, you went to that park. I love that park. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's an amazing experience to really get the, get the kids involved and get them to know that you're, you're a person too. And they really enjoy it. So that's, I really enjoyed 
what she said to really be personal with the children. I think there's a sense of vulnerability that we hold back as adults with children. And I think that even comes with if I'm having a bad day or I didn't sleep at night, I am vulnerable with the kids and I say, gosh, no, I am tired today. How do you feel today? And I think just my vulnerability with them and them seeing, like you said, like I too am human. I think it just gives them a sense of safety almost that they can feel vulnerable and it's okay to have a bad day and it's okay to feel this way. You know, um, all three of you sound really confident based on your experiences with making some changes in your environments. And I know initially you probably were nervous about it. And I was just wondering what advice you might give to someone who might be listening to this and is thinking, I would love to make changes, but what if it's chaos or I would love to make changes, but I'm scared. Um, What kind of advice would you give somebody about that? Don't be scared. Jump in and do it. It's for the best for the children. You won't be disappointed at all. I was scared. I was nervous. And I just did it. I said, I'm going, I'm doing it. I told my owner, I said, don't look, just go with me. (laughs) And it's been the greatest experience ever. Thanks, Carmen. How about you, Amanda? Did you have thoughts? Yeah, my advice is if you're really, if you're scared to do it, I, I was, I was also scared to really adjust anything and change anything that was going on. Start small. I would start small advice from Tyler that I got was just add one thing to your center and just see how it goes. Just see how that one thing goes first. And that was the best advice I got because I was like, okay, I'll just add this one thing. And now it's almost our entire center is full of those one things that I've added over time. Uh Uh-huh. I would also add that um, I would accept change and I think that we all need change and so do kids. But I also think that our expectations have to be reachable. It may not be that one thing that you try may not make a huge difference, but don't let that set you back. Continue to try, continue to evolve and work within your program and within your means. Yeah, I appreciate all of that. and. And I think that one common thread I'm hearing from the three of you is that idea of trust. You want to try to trust the children. So be brave. All your advice is amazing. And trust that children, if you try to do great things for them, that they'll respond to it. And what I'm hearing from you is that they have responded to that, which is, I think, a really powerful thing. It's great. Thanks. Well, ladies, we're getting ready to wrap this up. Um, This has been so fun. One thing that we do at the end of every podcast, because this is from the Professional Learning Collaborative, and we care a lot about people's learning, is we give everybody, every guest, a chance to share something that you've learned about recently that you're excited about. So this doesn't have to be about environments, or it could be, but just what's something that you've learned recently that's really lit a fire under you, got you going and thinking about exciting things, changes you want to make or things you'd like to do. So mine actually does have to do with kids kind of um i've just been learning a lot about gut health lately and a lot about different supplements and things that i can incorporate with my own family but it's really trickled down into my child care and just the being even more mindful about 
the fruits and vegetables and things that I'm providing for them daily. And also just, you know, cueing in some parents on some of those things and some things that I notice with their children and their gut health. Um, I also think that something that I've am passionate about and just today came up that I am loving that it's getting warmer here and we're starting to see the dirt and we're starting to dig in the dirt and we're starting to get in under our fingernails and I had a parent come today and she was very nervous that her child was playing in this mud and dirt and she said but what if we go home and we don't wash our hands and she eats something and so then it was another point where I started talking about gut health and just the vitamin D that we were getting and it's okay. And sometimes I think that parents really just want a good white t-shirt on their kid and they don't want it to get dirty. And so I love to kind of probe parents and let them be wild, let them be kids. Uh -huh. Thanks Mackenzie. Mine does have to do with childcare. Great. Um, I learned that I can make it through an eight week class on curriculum development and planning without hardly any teacher's help. I know that you've been talked to about this a few times, Nikki, and yeah. I have to say I passed both the lab and the course with an A, and I'm so excited to keep going on my journey to get my early childhood education degree. Harm, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Amazing. That was, it was so hard, Nikki. Uh, I, I tore, tore up my last, um, our final, um, I tore it up and I called Kara, we talked it through and I said, okay, I can do this. And I ended up writing a 16 page paper. Cool. Congratulations. Keep it up. Just keep going. That's amazing. That's amazing. How about you, Amanda? What have you been learning about? Um, one thing that I am really excited that I've learned about recently is all the money that Wyoming has received for early childhood education. Um, and for our profession, and I was talking to Tyler about it, and just the fact that we're going to have more grant opportunities and that we're going to be able to help these, or Wyoming's going to be able to help these providers um, with the quality of the child care, and just knowing that Wyoming is finally stepping up their game in the early childhood education realm is so huge to me because, you know, we're, we're kind of behind the times. <laughs> and I think that this is exactly what needs to happen. And I am so excited to see all the other providers be able to get on board and just really have that quality of care that these children deserve, but we haven't really been able to afford. So I think that just having these opportunities to get that extra money to really help step up the game in Wyoming is something that I'm extremely excited about. Thanks. I'm glad you brought it up. Now is a great time to be in early childhood in Wyoming. Carm, did you have a comment? Oh, I was just going to say, I totally agree with Amanda about these grant opportunities and the money. It, it's, I hope that more facilities will step up and embrace what is happening in the childcare field. Because um, I know that there are quite a few that are not working with the uh, early learning professionals and that, and they, we, we all need to step up and be on our A game. Thanks. 
I think for our listeners in this um, who are on the fence about applying for a grant, I get it. It's scary. But once you do it and you they want us to have this money, they want this money to go back into early childhood in Wyoming. It's for us. So reach out to your facilitators and go for it. Apply and utilize it. Be mindful on how you spend it and really make a difference. Thank you so much, Mackenzie, Amanda, and Carmelita for taking time to visit with me, for sharing your stories and your wisdom with us. And thanks for having us, Nikki. Thanks for having us, Nikki. Thank you. And thank you listeners for joining us on Voices from the Village. This podcast is made possible with support from the Federal Preschool Development Grant and is produced by the University of Wyoming Early Childhood Outreach Network. We recorded our interview today on Zoom. This podcast is directed and edited by Bryce Tugwell.